Hi, I'm Renee Crandall, and you're listening to the Wake Up Your Life podcast, a personal development podcast for women where we'll discuss how to live intentionally today and every day. I want to be a better version of myself this year than I was last year, five years from now versus five years ago, and I want to encourage you in that same journey. I hope my words each week leave you feeling inspired and empowered to wake up your life and go after who you truly desire to be. I'm in this with you to coach you and cheer you on. I believe in you. Let's go. Hello and welcome. I am so excited today because I'm talking about one of my favorite things and that topic is marriage. Specifically, this week and next week, I'm doing a two-part episode where I'm going to discuss six foundations for a thriving marriage. And this week, I'm going to talk about the first three. The next week, I'm going to talk about the the last three. And I do want to put a disclaimer out there that this is, one, not a comprehensive list. There are a lot of layers to marriage. There are a lot of components and facets to two individuals coming together, having a marriage. So This is not every quality that makes up a good marriage. These are just six attributes or foundations that are really important to Isaac and I and what has created the the foundation in our marriage so that it can be fun and one that we're proud of and a marriage that's thriving. So that's disclaimer number one. Disclaimer number two is I do not have all the answers when it comes to marriage. I hope you know that, but I want to put that out there because Thinking about creating this podcast episode, I I was a little hesitant because I don't want it to come across like Isaac and I have this perfect marriage and we have it all figured out and there's never any issues and there's never any conflict. We don't have hard conversations. Like I don't want to paint that picture because that's not reality. That's not our reality. But I do believe that when someone has a healthy marriage, that especially for me, I was always very eager to know what that couple was doing or what they focused on or what were the qualities of their spouse that they really valued, especially before I got married, before I was dating and engaged and and got married to Isaac, I would read books about marriage. I would think about the qualities I'd want in a spouse. I would listen to my friends who were married that were giving me wisdom about what makes their marriage successful or when their marriage has been difficult, how have they gotten through it? You know, I think it's so important to receive that wisdom before you're in the season so you can have discernment before you're in the season and then especially when you're in it. So I say that because I am very proud of the marriage that Isaac and I have together. It is so fun. I love him so much. He is the most incredible spouse, truly. But an exceptional thriving marriage doesn't just happen. It takes intentionality and it takes effort. And these attributes of what makes a healthy marriage aren't things that just happen overnight. For Isaac and I both, it's things that we focus on and that we continue to grow and we continue to cultivate. And that happens through hard conversations or conflict or a challenging season or one of us needing to grow or change or improve in some way. So I want you to hear these things from the lens that it's something Isaac and I are always working on, but we're unified in these details of our relationship because we know how important they are. So I wanted to put that caveat out there that I do not have all the answers. I just know what has been really foundational for Isaac and I in our marriage together to have us be in a place today, five years married. This is our five-year wedding anniversary this year. So that also kind of spurred the idea for this episode. I was going to originally just have five core takeaways or core foundations, but when I was creating the list, 
there's six of them. Really, in my heart, there's six different things. So it was really hard for me to narrow it down to just five. So you're getting six. But these are things that mean a lot to Isaac and I that we're always continuing to cultivate. And so I personally love podcasts about marriage. I love talking to people who have a thriving, beautiful marriage and knowing how they got there or what they're doing or what they're doing to keep it that way and to keep it healthy and to keep it fun. And marriage should be something that we're really, really proud of. And our marriages matter a lot. I don't think marriage is given the significance it deserves in regards to the influence that it has in our life. Who you're married to impacts every aspect of who you are as a person and who you're becoming, but also impacts every aspect of your life, your work ethic, your outlook, the way you treat people, the way you view yourself, your motivation, your accomplishments, your dreams, your joy, your faith. I mean, marriage is so significant in our lives. And so I have always wanted to take it very seriously, but I also hold it with such value as marriage is a gift to be stewarded well, which means there's always going to be intentional effort. There's always going to be the need for it to continue to grow. There's always going to be the need for conversation on how it can improve or how it can be better because if something's not growing, it's dying. So if your marriage is just stagnant and it's in a, it's in a season where it's just flatlining, it's not going to automatically get better one day. You have to put that effort in. And that's something that Isaac and I talk about a lot is being so intentional because we want to have a marriage that we're proud of because we know the impact that our marriage will have on our life, that we'll have on our friends and our family and on our faith. And those are really big areas of our life. It makes up our whole life. So all of that to say, today I'm going to talk about three different things that are so foundational for Isaac and I's healthy relationship together. And then I'll talk about the other three next week. And these aren't like the most important at the top and then the least important at the bottom. It's not in a specific order. It's just three different things that I wrote down that I wanted to chat through and talk to you about. And I will also say that, yes, this is an episode that can absolutely bless someone that's in marriage and in a relationship and think about the areas that maybe need to improve, or if you're just killing it and all six of these things are values that you already have and things you're cultivating within your marriage, awesome. That just reiterates that these are super important, so keep being intentional about it. On the other side, though, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not married or you're not engaged, you're not in a serious relationship, think about these things through the lens of giving you clarity and discernment to know what makes up a healthy relationship, what makes up a healthy marriage, so that when you do meet that significant other, you can kind of use it as a vetting process. Do they have these qualities? Are these values within your relationship together? Because if they are, then that's going to be a foundation for a really healthy, thriving, successful marriage. But if you're thinking about these different things and realizing, oh, the person that I'm dating, they don't align with these core values, but these are things that I want and know that are important. And it can just give you room to kind of think about it, maybe shift your perspective a little bit, but to give you the tools to use as discernment in understanding what are the perspectives and the outlooks or the things to look for in a significant other before you make the commitment of marriage as well. So I believe that this content can bless those that are married, but can also bless those that aren't married because this is information for everybody. Because like I said, marriage is so powerful. The influence is so significant and I don't think it should be taken lightly. I think that it's such an honor and a gift and a good, thriving, successful marriage doesn't happen overnight. It's years of 
work and investment and being intentional and unified that it's valuable and it's worth it. So all that to say, I don't want to keep rambling, but I wanted to throw some of those caveats out there before I just jumped right in. So today, the three different things that I'm going to talk about are respect, communication, and service. So those are the three for today. And then next week, you'll have to tune back in to hear the next three. But let's start at the top with respect. Do you respect the person you're with? Do you respect the person you're married to? Do you respect the person you're dating? Do you admire them? Do you look at them and think, I'm so proud of who they are, the life that they have, the core values they carry, the work ethic, the perspective, the outlook, the faith? Do you really respect them? Because I have learned that respect is so significant for healthy communication and so significant for the health of the longevity of a relationship. For me, early on with Isaac, I respected him from the get-go. I mean, the way he was living his life, what he was accomplishing, the values he had, how he communicated with people. He was unlike any other man I had ever met. And I love that. I absolutely love that. Because right away when I met him, I realized, I don't know if this is going to go anywhere. We were set up by a friend. So... I didn't know him at all until the day that I met him. There wasn't a long history that we had or any, you know, we didn't go to school together or anything like that. One of our friends set us up and I remember talking to him that night and realizing, I don't know if this is going to go anywhere. I don't know if there's necessarily going to be a love connection, but I'm really impressed with who he is. And I wanted him as a friend in my life just because I was so impressed with how he carried himself and how he communicated and he was doing things in his life that other guys around me just weren't doing. So I was just blown away with who he was then. And I still am blown away with who he is now as my husband. But that was my lens is I just want to have you be an influence in my life. That perspective so early on has absolutely shaped our life together. And if you were to ask him, he would say the same thing. I was different than the previous women he knew or had known or had dated. And that intrigued him because I also was living my life differently. I communicated differently. You know, my faith is something really important to me. There were certain values of who I am as a person that he was impressed by and that he admired. So we started our relationship out with just being really fascinated by one another and wanting each other's influence in our lives. So fast forward, now being married, that respect and that foundation that was laid so early on in our relationship is what keeps us growing together. And what I mean by that is because I respect Isaac and who he is and what he stands for, I am open to him speaking into my life and speaking correction at times or saying things to me that might be kind of hard to hear, but they're things I need to hear because they're true. And instead of playing defense every time he's speaking into my life or sharing something with me that's hard to hear, I have a perspective of, I can trust what you say because I admire who you are. So I'm less defensive to those conversations because I recognize that it's not a power thing for him. He's not just pointing things out because he wants to be right or to put me down or something like that. And that's that's not even an element of his character at all. So I don't have to be defensive in thinking, no, he's wrong. He doesn't know me. He doesn't understand. It's instead I have the perspective of he wants the absolute best for me. And I want the absolute best for him. 
He wants me to continue to be growing and to be a better version of myself and to be passionate about life and to have a work ethic that's admirable and to treat people in my life well. And I want the same thing for him. And a specific example, which I talked about in my episode several weeks back about why I'm not on social media, is one day Isaac came to me and said, hey, I noticed that when you take a break from social media, you're a more positive, happy person. Your perspective's better. And if I didn't respect Isaac and let him speak into my life because maybe I had a perspective or something like I know better or I know more than him or something like that where you just some of those outlooks can really taint what you let someone say to you. But because I don't have a perspective like that when it comes to him, when he said that to me, I thought about how, wow, like if he's taking the time to say this, I need to think about it because his intention is good and maybe he's right. Like I can't view my actions through the lens that he does. So maybe he's seen something with a different perspective than I do. And social media was one of those. He was right. I didn't want to believe him. Trust me. I wanted to be one of those people who could be on social media and consume it for hours and not be phased at all. But end of the day, that's just not how my personality is wired. So by him saying that to me, it allowed us to have a conversation about it and for me to be really honest. But what I also realized is by hearing him, And hearing the feedback that he had for me, I was able to make a decision that was the absolute healthiest decision I could have made. He was right. My personality, my outlook, my perspective was healthier not being on social media. But I could have instead said, nope, you don't know how I feel. You aren't aware of what I'm looking at. You don't know why I'm on here. Don't try and control my time. Don't try and control what I consume. I could have been really defensive and then missed out on growing and then tried to hang on to something because I wanted to be right about something and not gain what I would be receiving by releasing it. Getting rid of social media has only brought positive things into my life. It's only benefited me positively. And so that's an example of how it could have gone one or two ways. And that mutual respect allows you to hear that person's voice but it also allows you to be heard to that other person. And that correction and that edification goes both ways. As iron sharpens iron, I'm here to help Isaac grow. Isaac's there to help me grow. That's how we grow in our life together as individuals in our marriage and then become better versions of ourselves. We're in it together. But you can only have that level of communication And that open discourse of growth and edification if you mutually respect one another. So that's why respect is so foundational and why some relationships aren't in a place that's healthy because they don't have that mutual respect of really admiring one another so that then when correction or conversation comes up that's hard or challenging to hear, it's just they're just so defensive and then there's no progress made. There's no solution because... One person believes that they're right. The other person believes that they're right. And they're, they're not going to hear one another. So respect is one huge important thing when it comes to Isaac and I's relationship. The second thing is communication. Oh my gosh. I have a lot to say about communication. But because this is only a 30-minute episode, I'm going to try and keep it concise. The first thing I'll say about communication is that it's a skill that can be grown over time. So if communication is an area in your relationship that isn't as great as it could be, you can work on it. It can get better. 
Isaac and I's communication has definitely gotten better over the past almost eight years that we've known each other. Isaac would say this about me. He'd say that I'm a good communicator and very good about articulating how I feel. And I would say that's true. Isaac, in the beginning, didn't necessarily have that strength. He would share how he would be feeling, but sometimes it would be hard for me to understand like how I was supposed to respond to it or what he'd need from me or how I was supposed to support him or whatever was going on. So I knew that communication was so foundational, communicating about anything, good things, bad things, things I'm struggling with, things that we're working through, a hard season, a good season, whatever it is. And that was a foundation that I knew was so important to the health of our relationship, the longevity of it, and especially our marriage. But I would have conversations with him and say, I really want to work on having those open dialogues because I know how important it is for us to get better at communicating with one another. Everyone communicates a little bit differently or some people communicate significantly differently. But for Isaac and I, it took time to develop that level of talking to one another when it comes to what we need or how we need to be supported. And my perspective is this, communication of any kind is better than no communication at all. Some relationships I've observed, there's no communication whatsoever. And I think that that does way more damage than communicating about hard things or even having conflict. Because if you're not communicating, then you can't ever solve any problems. If no one's talking about what is difficult or what needs to be worked on, either in their own life or in their marriage or in their dating relationship or whatever, then you can't ever find a solution if you don't talk about the problem. There's the hope that things can get better, but if we just shut down, tune out, and give one another the silent treatment, nothing can change and nothing can get better. And honestly, that's how resentment grows. Because if you're not talking about anything, then you don't ever feel heard or understood by the other person. This is something that I think about when it comes to addressing something that needs to be changed in a relationship. Like, okay, personal example, Isaac's work schedule. Last year, it was really hard for me to adjust to the lack of schedule his schedule had. And as he's building his own business, there's a lot of curveballs that are thrown at him throughout the day or the week based on clients or his team or any number of details, right? So his he may expect one thing from his day or he might expect to come home at a certain time and then that just doesn't happen. And over time, this started to wear on me because I like to somewhat have a routine and know what to expect. And I could have just ignored it and felt those feelings of frustration and not communicated about it ever and just said, I guess this is just who he is and how it is to have your own business. So I'll just deal with it. And that's just how it's going to be together and left it at that. Well, refusing to have a hard conversation, maybe over the course of a year, it could have been several hours, but refusing to have those 30 minute or hour long conversations so that I wasn't uncomfortable, so that I wasn't creating conflict, could create years worth of damage and years worth of resentment. But choosing to have those harder conversations and to say to Isaac, hey, it's really hard for me when your schedule is so chaotic. Like, I need to work through this with you. I, I want to communicate about like what's going on or, or what do we need to change or what needs to shift in our schedule together. Or let's talk about expectations or whatever it is. By starting that conversation and saying, hey, I want to talk about this because I'm having a hard time with it. Yeah, it's an uncomfortable thing to bring up. I don't want Isaac to feel like I'm putting him down or not valuing what he's building for his business or our life together or whatever it is. But by intentionally having that communication and having those conversations, I am preventing years of damage. 
and I am preventing years of resentment. So that's my goal and that's my outlook when I'm having those emotions of thinking, oh, like I don't really know if I want to bring this up. Like maybe it's not worthwhile. Maybe it'll go away. I mean, it's all about timing, right? Like don't just bring stuff up when your spouse is super drained or had a really long week or maybe you've had a long day or you're frustrated about something else. Like timing is essential when it comes to bringing stuff up. But basically what I'm saying is that don't avoid a conversation thinking that it's just going to get better eventually because it may never get better and it may actually get worse. And when you're fighting for the health of your marriage, when you're saying, I want our communication to be better or I want the energy in our relationship to be more positive or I want to have fun with you, whatever it is, you're fighting for the health of your marriage. That's something to be really proud of. And it again goes back to the respect thing. If your spouse respects you and you're bringing up a conversation that might be kind of hard for them to hear, they respect you. They know that you have their best interest in mind. So they're going to be open to hearing you. And that's part of the reason why Isaac and I have a healthy relationship is because we're open to hearing how one another feels. And even if we can't create an immediate solution to change the problem, we don't stop talking about it. We keep having conversations and check-ins and saying, this was a win. This was great. Like, I really appreciate how you heard me. And then this was the step that you took. Or like, for Isaac, this was the change that you made in your schedule this day. Or you kept me more up to date on like, if your day was changing or if your week was changing or whatever. You can celebrate those victories together. But talking about it once isn't always going to fix the problem. So it's a matter of wanting to fight for your marriage for the health of it, for it to be the best that it can be because it's worth it. It's, it counts. It's important. Communication is so essential for the health and the growth of your relationship because if you aren't telling one another how you really feel or sharing your dreams or your fears or what you're going through, then your spouse is kind of going blind. They, they don't know what you need. They're not mind readers. So if you tell them, hey, this is what I need from you right now in this season, or if you ask them, how can I be there to support you as you're going through whatever it is they're going through, it creates an open dialogue so that they know it's a safe space for them to bring how they're really feeling to you and you can discuss it. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about today is service. Selflessness on both sides in your relationship is essential. When you're intentionally showing up with the mindset of how can I serve my spouse today? How can I be there for them and support them and love them in intentional ways? That's going to completely change the tone of your relationship, the energy, the longevity of your relationship because you're viewing it through the lens of what can you do for them, not what are they doing for me. And it goes back to the communication piece. I know how to serve Isaac intentionally because I've asked him, what do you value from me? What do you, what do you need me to do for you? What, how can I support you in this season? What are things that I do that you really appreciate? So we've had conversations so that he knows what I value or what I need or how I feel most loved in things that he does to serve me and vice versa. I know what he needs and ways that I can serve him because I've intentionally asked him. And service is so significant because that's what maintains that love in your marriage, even on the days where you don't have all the butterfly, sunshine, and rainbow feelings, because it puts you in a perspective to be others focused. To be thinking about how can you continue to show up for your spouse, even if maybe they're having an off week and their energy's low or work has been demanding or whatever it is, or maybe 
you're not feeling like yourself. Maybe the last thing you want to do is make a meal or come up with some fun plan. And all you want to do is just sit on the couch and hang out, not really have a conversation. Like we all have days where we feel off. We're not going to have every single day where we're the best version of ourselves. But when you intentionally know that like those days are going to happen, then you can support one another better and serve one another intentionally because you're going to be showing up and choosing to do something for them that they will appreciate and they'll and they will value even if you don't necessarily have the energy or the motivation maybe to do the thing. But if your mindset is to love and support and serve your spouse, if that's naturally how you're thinking about the person that you're with, then even on those weeks or on those days where you just kind of feel eh, like not really, not really feeling the best vibes or whatever it is, you're going to want to be there for them and love them and care for them anyway. And so if you're with someone that's selfish and always wanting things to go their way and always wanting things to be done in a very specific way and isn't serving you back, you're going to feel completely depleted very quickly. Both people have to be participants. Some days you both will be serving each other like crazy and other days maybe one person's going to be serving the other, the other person's going to be serving the other. But the the objective here is that you're both doing it. And if you're with someone that isn't serving you and that is selfish, I don't know if I have a solution for that. And I say that because selfishness was something that was at the top of my list that I was going to avoid at all costs with who I spent the rest of my life with. And that's why I said at the beginning of the podcast that if you're listening to this and you're not married, that you can use these different foundational attributes as a lens of discernment of thinking, is the person that I'm with the best person for me to spend the rest of my life with? If the person you're with is selfish, I'm going to give you a hard no. They're probably not the person you want to spend the rest of your life with because that's a really hard thing to navigate. To be completely honest, I mean, if you have a mindset of service, but your spouse from the beginning doesn't, or your significant other from the beginning doesn't, and they're always thinking about what other people are doing for them, not what they can be doing for other people, I don't know how you correct that. I know you can't correct it for them and it's on them to change, but I don't even know how you would create a conversation because someone who has a natural selfish tendency like that towards a person that they love doesn't even make sense to me. So I say that as I'm coming from the perspective of both individuals are actively serving one another, but sometimes that service can be tangible and sometimes it may not be as easy to identify. For example, there may be things that you do to serve your spouse like making dinner, cleaning the kitchen, doing dishes, running errands, buying them a nice gift, sending them a sweet text, whatever it is. But there can also be things of service such as asking them how their day was and intentionally listening, talking about a presentation they had at work or a client that they were talking to that they were really excited about and following up on how that went, giving them space to just hang out or do something fun because they've had a long day or a long week. Even if you want to be spending time with them, maybe, and I've done this, there's certain times where I want to be spending time with Isaac, but I know he's maybe had a long day or a long week. And he'll throw out the idea. He might text me and be like, hey, I'm going to go golfing tonight or I want to go to the driving range or whatever. And my mind is like, oh, like I really would love to spend time together. But I'm thinking about how fueled and energized and how much he loves that time on the golf course. And maybe he goes with one of his buddies and they have a great time together. But I'm thinking about it through the perspective of 
this is going to fill him and this is what he needs. Even if I want something different, I know it's meaningful to him and he deserves that. So it's putting the other person first and having a mentality of I'm going to be doing things for them because I love them. I know what blesses them. And I'm going to be continually filled to love them intentionally in that way because they're doing the same thing for me and it means the world. Don't just sit and be the one always receiving all the kind things your spouse is doing. And definitely don't be the selfish one. If you're listening to this and you're the selfish one, change it. (laughs) Get a grip. Quit being so selfish. And think about ways for you to serve your spouse that's always been serving you. So service is a big one. And for Isaac and I, our faith specifically, our love for Jesus, is what fuels us to be able to serve each other every day, even on days where we sometimes just don't feel like it. Because God pours into us and fills our well so that we can pour out of that. We aren't drawing from an empty well if we're going to God and saying, I need you to fill me with your energy, your love, and your joy so I can show up for my spouse in really intentional ways because I love them and I want to bless them. But maybe I'm just really tired today and I need that energy from you. So faith is a huge foundation for Isaac and I to be able to serve each other in the ways that we do. But service is foundational because it taps into showing that other person that you love them and that you care for them in other ways than just saying, I love and care about you. Like, yes, words are super powerful. I'm a words of affirmation gal for sure. But taking our words and putting them into action is where then those feelings are felt. And when we communicate with our spouse and say, hey, what do you need from me? How can I support you? How can I better love you intentionally? Then that will fuel our desire to serve them because we know that what we're doing is going to bless them. And if you haven't had those conversations with your spouse or your significant other, ask them those questions. That's what I started doing with Isaac. I'd be like, how can I support you in this season? What do you need from me? How can I show up better for you? You know, we would have these open dialogues because I always wanted our marriage to be growing. I I always want it to be thriving. I want to look back a year from now and realize, wow, we've grown in our communication. We've grown in our respect for one another. We've grown in how we serve each other. It's what we care about. He has the same value. He wants the same thing. And so over time, as I was asking these questions, he began asking me these questions too. And a great place to start if that type of communication and dialogue isn't a part of your relationship today, listen to this podcast together. Say, hey. Renee has this podcast episode about marriage. We should listen to it together and then maybe talk about it. I'll be the person that awkwardly brings up the questions for you, right? Like you can blame it on me. You can ask your spouse the question or say, I think we should communicate about X, Y, and Z or whatever it is. Or, you know, it would mean a lot to me if you made dinner once a week or this is a need that I have based on what I'm going through right now. Or I want to have more fun together. What can we do? Whatever those questions, those conversations are, if you feel kind of hesitant for how to bring them up, just say like, well, I was listening to Renee's podcast and she made me think about these things and that's where I got this question and I just had to ask and I want to talk about it. So yeah, maybe it's a matter of listening to this with your spouse or your significant other and having conversations about these things because they matter. Our relationships matter. Our marriages matter. They're so significant and that's why I care so passionately about talking about these things because knowing the impact and knowing the gift that relationship and marriage is and taking it seriously and stewarding it and realizing every decision I make, every conversation I have, every act of service I give counts. It goes towards something. It's creating the longevity of your life with that person 
And it's either creating the longevity of the life with that person in a beautiful way where you're really proud of it and you knew that you were intentional and you were both working together for the unified vision of a great, exceptional, thriving marriage and you put in that effort or you have this life with this person and years from now you look at it and think, how did we get to where we are? And that's what I want to help people prevent. That's what I want to prevent in myself. I don't want to not have conversations with Isaac because they're hard or I don't want to say how I feel or whatever it is and then look at the damage that's then caused by me not saying the thing, right? Like that's an outlook to have when it comes to some of these things. It, it's going to take effort and there's certain components of this where it's not going to feel natural. Like I said, Isaac and I worked on our communication. We're still working on our communication. That We'll always be working on it, but we're never going to stop. We're never going to say, well, it's good enough. We don't have to talk about a single hard thing ever again. Or, well, I'm done serving you. Like I've put in tons of time. I think we're good. We can just coast. Like (laughs) that'd be crazy. So it's looking at it through the lens of what are we doing today and how are we making progress to create a better marriage in our future? So I hope this encourages you and I hope it gives you things to think about when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your dating relationship, maybe you're single gives you some clarity on what to look for in that significant other. But I hope it blesses you and I hope it encourages you because these are things that I I really take to heart because they are a lot of conversations that I've had with Isaac about our relationship and our marriage and what do we value and what do we care about and why does it matter. But at the same time, there are things that I've shared with people that I love dearly who are dating someone that maybe they know isn't the best choice for them. And these conversations that I've had with them maybe just helps them think about that and give a different perspective. Or they're in a marriage and it's great. And we're just cheering each other on. So I hope you're blessed and I hope you're encouraged because I've loved talking about this today. And I'm really excited to talk about the other three things next week. So I hope you'll join me then. In the meantime, have a great week and maybe share this podcast with your spouse. And I hope you're both blessed by it. 